the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. So today we're going to be kicking off a new series. So the last couple of series we did, we looked at Stranger Things. We were looking at kind of the Stranger Things in the Bible. We're going through the book of Daniel, which is just full of absolutely crazy stories. And then the last bit we looked at is we looked at Jesus and how Jesus opened us up to this whole new world of possibilities and this whole interchange with this kind of otherworldly kind of thing where he talks about like the kingdom of heaven being at hand within reach, where he talks about um, the things that we loose in heaven will be loose on earth, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And this understanding that the two things are intrinsically connected in some way. And so today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking through a new series, which I thought was a bit funny because of Halloween, is we're going to be looking at Holy Ghost. So normally I'd say Holy Spirit. I don't really ever call, say Holy Ghost. It's old school kind of King James and like Pentecostal kind of background. If you've ever been to Pentecostal church, that's kind of what they, what, how they kind of describe him. Um, I think it's a pretty cool name, so we're going to roll with it just for the sake of, of this uh, series. If we went from Stranger Things before, I guess this is where the Bible gets really strange. And I think culturally and contextually, if you've grown up in and around church, and if you've been in like a Pentecostal or a charismatic church, there's some of the expressions you'll see relating to and attributed to the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Maybe kind of some things that are a little bit weird, but actually there are some things about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost that are weird and you just have to roll with it. Some of it, I'm not kind of down with. I'm not encouraging that kind of stuff. That's just people's expressions and that's how they connect. But in the Bible, there's no getting away from some of the peculiar things that happen. And I'm going to share a little passage from the Bible of where things kick off, where we kind of meet this new relationship with the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to talk about also some personal stories and things like that. So that's just a heads up of where we're going today. So Acts chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles with you, that's fantastic. If you haven't, if you downloaded the City Hill London app, there's a Bible on there. It'll be the ESV version, which will be the same translation that I'll be reading from. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all coming together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven the sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, um, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. And then it goes on, listening to loads of other places. Both Jews, um, Christians, and Arabians were all hearing them, telling them in their own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocked, saying, these men are filled with wine. They're just absolutely smashed, wasted, drunk. They're all lit. Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and and listen to my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. Basically saying the pubs aren't open yet. It's not like in the UK where pubs are open all hours of the day, um, where it's just like that. He's basically going, how are we smashed? The pubs aren't even open, lads. And he goes, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, um, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be... Oh. Sorry. And in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. 
even on my male and female servants. In those days I'll pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moons of blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great magnificent day. And it shall all come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to a definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. I'm not going to read any further. So this is the day of Pentecost, which is like a kind of a, a crazy story. So Pentecost is like means 50th. Means 50th. That's what what's the word literally means. So when we look at the children of Israel, what happens is you have this children of Israel in slavery, and when they're set free, Passover, 50 days later, they receive the law of God on tablets of stone. Now Jesus dies at Passover. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So he's basically saying he is the Passover Lamb. Jesus dies at the time of day, Passover, when they're killing all these lambs, sacrifice them for the atonement of their sins. Jesus, who John says is the Lamb of God, dies on the cross for their sins, taking away their sins, setting them free, releasing them not from the slavery of Egypt, but releasing each one of us throughout all space and throughout all time from whatever sin or slavery it is that you find yourself embroiled in or held subject under. So he does something that doesn't liberate one people group, he does something greater than even Egypt because in Egypt you have one ethnicity, an entire ethnicity and slavery set free, but Jesus sets free all people throughout all space and time no matter what their struggle, what their pain is and what their position is. Now 50 days after they leave Egypt, they receive the law of God which is instruction on tablets of stone. 50 days after Jesus dies in Passover in the New Testament we read that they receive the Spirit of God, not writing the law on tablets of stone but coming to write the law of God within their hearts. This week I was thinking about a couple of different things that I thought, you know, it's great to always look at the Bible and always look at what happened there and to see that. But actually sometimes I feel like when it comes to Holy Spirit, when it comes to the Holy Ghost, we talk about these things. We talk about things that are there, things that are then at a certain point in time within the scriptures. And sometimes we don't often think that actually this is going to be alive for me. This is going to be a moment for me. And I was thinking about this week about a few things that happened over the, num- over the years in my life of kind of knowing the Holy Ghost and trying to live my life connected with the Holy Ghost and being filled with the Holy Ghost. And a couple of years back, I was working and this girl that I'd known, I knew her, I was a youth leader when she was a kid. She's now in her 20s. And she came up to me and she said, I just thought you should know I was riding, rolling through some missionary applications to go on a trip we were doing. And as I was reading through the applications, they had to give a statement of faith. They had to give uh, a description of when they put their trust in Jesus and when and what he's doing in their lives, just to kind of show before we send them on a missions trip that what they're doing, they're legit and they love him and they want to do something for God. They're not just trying to go on a holiday, basically, for young people, because that's what they love to do. So he fills out this huge essay thing, and she said, as I was reading it, I just thought you should know that everything you wrote about was you. He remembers when he was like 11 years of age and you were speaking about the power of the Holy Spirit on a Sunday morning. I don't even remember ever doing this talk, by the way, but apparently he does. Um, and he said in that moment, he was like, I believe in Jesus. I want to repent of my sins. I don't want this live this way anymore. I want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. And as we kind of like had this time of prayer, we prayed for everyone. And this kid felt his whole world just take a shift where he became alive to something new. And I started to think about that. And I started to think about well, what happens today if any of us decide to make a decision where we're like, you know what, whether we made decisions before, we made decisions today, where we go like, God, I just want to encounter your spirit. I want to encounter you as a person and see where that kind of leads because 
where it left for him was a complete, hey, you're right, a complete change, a complete shift, a complete transformation. I was also thinking back to a couple of other times where, like, I remember being about 19 years of age. I was that young once. Hey, you're right, guys. How you doing? Is that a Filofax or is that an iPad? You're clinging it so tight, it has to be an iPad. No kid would love a Filofax that much. Yeah, if you want to give them some, that's cool. I was thinking of a time when I was in, in, in Tenerife, and I think I was, I think I was 19. I could be wrong. I th- maybe I was younger than that. I might have even, no, I was even 17. I think I was about to go to Bible college. I left, I, leaving school, I was about to go to Bible college. I had my 17th birthday. I was on holiday. I was out with my mates. And I remember just going out, telling people about Jesus with my boy, going out to clubs, going out to pubs and whatever. And I'll never forget it because I was really weird. And I'm just going to make this confession. I was really weird. So I had a lot of guilt in my life. So when I encountered Jesus, I decided I was going to wear all white. So I wore like these white <laughs> Reebok classics, white tracksuit bottoms, white, white French connection top, white nightcap with a little silver tick on it. I just wore white all the time. I had this white hoodie. I don't know why I did that. I look back now and I'm like, Jesus, why did you let me do that? That is just so unbelievably embarrassing. But that was just how I rolled. And so... I've been telling people about my faith, we've been partying, having a good time. It was really a great, great, great holiday. And then on the last night, I remember going out with my mates and it was just such an awkward situation. It was like how God can do something amazing in the midst of your absolute abject stupidity uh, because it was abject stupidity, I can't even lie. And I remember I was out with the guys and we were having this good time and my best friend was with me, Mark, and he thought for the last night he'd take the mick out of me. So he wore white tracksuit bottoms, white vest, and he had a white cap on and white trainers. And so we both went out together with this group of like 20 guys and girls that we'd been hanging with the whole holiday. And as we're hanging out and we're going out partying, I see this one girl dressed in like, like orange leather PC, PVC kind of outfit. And I'm like, she's trouble. So I go to my boy, I say, look, she keeps looking over at us, mate. You keep me safe. I keep you safe. Done. Cool. So then she comes over, she starts dancing with my boy. And then I just kind of like broke up, got in the middle, uh, act a little bit, you know what I mean? And um, she was gone and she left him or whatever. And a little bit later in the night, she came over and she started dancing with me. And my mate, I'm looking at him. And then he's looking at me laughing, and I'm like, you know, where's, where's the save? Where's the save? I saved you. Where are you going to save me? Where are you at? And he doesn't, he doesn't come. He just sits there with all the other guys looking, laughing at me or whatever. And then this girl just goes like a shark. Like, I don't know, it was like Jaws 1. Like, mm, just starts like kind of eating my face. I'm like, what are you doing kind of thing? And then my boy finds that hilarious because I've been talking to people about Jesus the whole time. So I was on this whole weird, weird dressed in white, doing this whole thing thing. And um, they're just all mugging me off. And all I remember was going to the bar, ordering a beer, sitting on my own, because everyone is just absolutely rinsing me. And as I'm at the bar, I'm just talking to God about it because I'm on my ones now. I've got no one else to talk to. Everyone's laughing at me. Everyone's making fun of me, telling me I'm a hypocrite, cussing me out and stuff. And as I'm at the bar, I'm praying, and I see the girl is now with some guy doing some dodgy stuff in the corner. And I'm like, oh, this is bad to worse. And as I'm praying, I have this moment Well, I start feeling like God's presence. I start feeling the Holy Spirit. I'm in a club. I'm having a beer and I'm feeling like God's presence. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I look up and she's gone. And as I'm standing there, I'm like, she's gone. Great. I can go enjoy myself. I pick up my beer. I'm about to go over to my mates again. And I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I feel God start speaking to me. He says, you need to get out right now. And I'm like, but I'm just enjoying this beer. It's like, get out now. So I put my drink down. I have barely drunk any of it. I'm walking straight outside. And as I'm outside, I hear God say to me, like, turn right. I turn right. I start walking. 
And then he says, turn left. I turn left. I start walking. I stop. This doesn't happen, by the way. This doesn't happen to me all the time. I'm not like flipping Holy Spirit GPS. This is one time. And I'm standing in the middle of the Playa de Americas in Tenerife. Everyone's clubbing. It's packed. It's heaving. People are pushing into me going, what are you doing standing here? Da, da, da. And I'm standing. I'm looking around. I'm like, God, what are you wanting me to do? And as I'm standing there, I'm looking around and there's heaving. People are getting in my face, trying to push me, trying to hit me because some people are just smashed and just want to be idiots. And as I'm looking, I see that girl in the orange in an alleyway and the guy she was with before, he's trying to, little kids present don't want to say the word, you know the word, begins with R. He's trying to do that in that alleyway. And I'm standing there and God's directing me there and this guy's huge. And like, I'm quite slight now, but when I was a kid, I needed an anchor to stop me from when the wind blew, I was so skinny. Like, if I didn't have an all-you-could-eat buffet, I lost weight. Like, I couldn't eat a meal and keep weight on. My metabolism was horrendous. And so I'm looking at this hench guy thinking, like, what the heck am I going to do? I feel God's presence come upon me. I feel the Holy Spirit. And I just walk straight over this alleyway. I grab a hold of her arm, and I pulled this girl away. And this guy stood there looking at me. And I don't know what he saw, whether he saw an angel or something behind me, because this guy just started shaking like a leaf. He was petrified. And I mean, if he missed me with a punch, he would have killed me. Like, the guy was huge. He didn't have to hit me. He didn't have to make contact. I would have been down. And he just runs away. And then all I remember was my best mate coming with uh, a group of other guys and that looking for me like where's he gone and, and her friend that she left behind at the club and me and my best mate dressed in all white walked these two girls back because they were absolutely smashed they drank about two bottles of wine each and we were just walking them back to their hotel and as we're walking them back to the hotel we walked along the beach and I started telling them the gospel I started telling them about how Jesus died for their sins about how he came to set us free and what he'd done in my life and sharing my testimony of how God had forgiven me and my sin and how God had turned my life around how God had taken me from a kid who just constantly bullied to a kid who not only believed himself, but believed everything that God had for me. And as I'm sharing all this stuff, these two girls are walking on this beach and they're just like, you know what? I want to receive this Jesus. And so then on this beach, dressed in all white, I'm praying with these two girls, my best mate, and they both make decisions to believe in Jesus, to repent of their sins and turn around. And then we pray for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We walk them back to the hotel. I'll never forget this moment. It's one of the best moments ever. This girl just hugs me, gives me a kiss on the cheek, and then she steps back, she looks at me, looks at me and my mate up and down and goes, are you two angels? <laughs> and I went, yeah, I guess we are. And then caught a 6 a.m. flight home that morning and never saw her ever again. So somewhere in the world, there's probably a girl in a Catholic church right now, somewhere or some sort of church going, there were these two angels that saved me in an alleyway. <laughs> All because you have a moment where you just allow the Holy Spirit to have a little bit of room. I feel so often... We, we, we start at the base level of never wanting to believe God for anything, never want to trust God for anything, never want to step out for anything, never want to take any risks. And actually, I feel like when we do that and when we live that life, we not only limit God within our lives, what he can do for us, but what he can do for others as well. The other day, Jodie walked in and I was sitting and she said to me, why, why do you look, what happened at work? Why are you so sad? One of the kids started talking to me and his dad's um, Canadian. And I started, I remember going to Canada on a missions trip and I couldn't get this girl out of my head that I had, I can't remember her name anymore, but it's so many years ago, it's I think 14 years or something like that ago that I went. And I just started remembering her story and this week I was just like, so thankful we're talking about the Holy Ghost because I started to remember her story and remember this moment when I was over in Canada, I'd gone all the way there to see some friends 
And in a church service, I got so unbelievably sick, which wasn't helpful because I'd read on the flight there about a Christian missionary who was dying, prayed for healing, got a bit better, carried on preaching. People started making decisions for Jesus and getting saved. And then the person actually died at the end. And so I was like this kid on a missions trip and I was getting really sick. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to die. Oh God, I'm going to die on this mission trip. It was so stupid. I don't know why I felt I was going to die. But every guy does. Every guy who gets man flu, we feel like we're going to die. We do. It's just true. If you've ever seen a guy with man flu, they're always like, I'm going to die. It's like, no, nah, it's just flu, mate. Get over it. But I literally thought I was going to die. And I remember being in this church and just passing out and my head hitting the chair in front of me and I couldn't move. And my friend... My friend's dad, who was a missionary, was like, oh, if he hits the floor, then we'll take him home. But I couldn't because I was stuck on the chair like that. So I ended up just being unconscious, like semi-unconscious in this whole church service the whole way through. And then they got me home and I laid in bed the whole day and they said, hey, you're supposed to go preach to the little kids in the native reserve, um, but you're sick, so we get it if you don't go. And I remember feeling the Holy Spirit saying to me, this is the whole reason you've come to Canada just for this one talk. None of the other stuff you're doing mattered. This is what matters. And I was like, oh, I'm speaking there whether I die. And they said, well, it's probably not a good idea because there's no hospital near here. Uh, there's one doctor and he flies out on the weekend, so he's gone. So there's only the air ambulance and no one's calling an air ambulance for you because like, that's just stupid, you're not that sick. So you may not want to do that. And I was like, no, I definitely want to do it. So my friend drove me there and I remember all this room full of kids and I've never experienced anything like it in my, in my life. I can only liken it to when you're a kid at school doing music practice and they give you a piece of paper to sing from. And you know how you hear the rustling everywhere? This whole room was rustling, but there was no paper. These kids, and I've worked with a lot of SEN kids, I've worked with a lot of kids with very special needs, and I have never encountered anything like this in my life. The whole room was just rustling, nonstop. And I sat on a chair because I was so sick, I couldn't even stand to speak. And I just sat on this chair, and I just started to tell them about what God's done in my life. I started to share my testimony. I just started to preach Jesus, him crucified, dead and resurrected. And I started to preach about how the Holy Spirit wants to come live within and transform our lives. And I'll never forget this moment. At the end of it, I thought, well, that was the worst thing I've ever done. All these kids are rustling the whole time. This is a nightmare. And then the, the, not my friend's dad, the missionary, another missionary came up to me and goes, you know, I've never seen these kids listen to anyone the way they just listened to you. That was the best behaved they'd ever been. I was like, are you kidding me? I thought these kids were like, you know, whoa, like this was the worst thing ever. He says, no, that was incredible. I go home that day. I, I, I lay at my friend's house. I go to sleep. I wake up the next day. I'm still feeling a bit rough. And then the phone starts ringing. And the missionary on the phone is like, it's for me. I'm like, why the hell am I getting phone calls at the missionary's house? One of the native girls was on the phone and they gave me the phone and I was like, oh, hey, it's Annie. And then she doesn't say hi, she doesn't say anything. She goes, is it true? I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, is it true? Is what true? Everything you said yesterday, is it true? And I'm like, well, yeah, 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 it's true. And she goes, how do I get it? And I'm standing there and I'm like, that's a really good question. How do you get it? And I said, you know what? I feel like God's the source, so why don't we just talk to God? We're going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. And how about you pray a few things? And these are the things I advise you to pray, but you can say whatever you want to say. And so I talked to her, and she prayed, and she made this decision on the phone. And then the very next day, there was a Bible study at the house, and this native girl was just sitting there staring at me the whole way through this Bible study. You know, she experienced a peace she'd never had before. She experienced a calmness she'd never had before. She experienced newness of life that God gave to her because she encountered the person and the work of the Holy Ghost upon her life. You know what's amazing about that? Is you see that young girl, I've worked with kids all over East London, some of the roughest kids you'll ever meet, 
I meet kids that have been so abused in ways that you just wouldn't ever believe. And not a single one of those kids I've ever met could touch that girl. She'd been abused by her dad, her brother, her uncles, and by every man within that community that was around her. And yet she received Jesus. And she encountered the Holy Spirit. And she had wholeness. And she had peace. So when we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, we talk about something that's a bit weird, a bit I can't define for you because he's beyond my definition. But the great thing about the Holy Spirit is, you see, you can encounter him wherever you are, whatever situation you're in, and you can experience wholeness. You can experience what we talked earlier on in the year about. You can experience shalom, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. You can have this experience where it doesn't matter what the mental health issue is. It doesn't matter what your confidence is. It doesn't matter um, how heartbroken you are. It doesn't matter how depressed you are. It doesn't matter how low you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what anyone else has done. What happens is you can encounter him in a way that will meet you and will set you free you can encounter with him something no one else can do you can go to as many cams mental health meetings as you want and yet you can have someone who comes and lives inside and transforms us from the inside out the person of the holy spirit is probably the only thing that has kept me going so many times when i've faced various different struggles in my own life today what i wanted to do is to spend a moment and just to pray if you want to pray, pray. If you don't want to pray, don't. We don't force anyone to do anything here. But I would want to encourage you this morning to maybe start exploring your own personal relationship with this member of the Godhead, the Trinity, because it's like plugging your laptop into the mains. The laptop ain't turning on if it's not plugged in. And if there are things in your life that are beyond your control, outside of your remit, things you cannot change within yourself, problems you cannot solve, it doesn't matter how much therapy you get, then I want to encourage you that you can connect with the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying right now, in a moment, it changes like that. For some people it does. For that girl in Canada, it did. Because I think where she was at was beyond like a few sessions of counseling. Where she was at was on the edge of absolute brokenness. But I believe that God can connect with us exactly where we are. I'm going to pray for us. And I would encourage you to have your own conversation with God. Father, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you died on the cross to knit our wounds together, to bring us healing. That by your stripes, by the, 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 the pain and the suffering you experienced on the cross, by the, the, the whiplashes, the stripes on your back, we are healed. That you were, you were bruised for our iniquities, that you took our place, that you took on our sin, that we could have your newness of life, your perfect life. Father, I pray for those of us here that may be experiencing anxiety, mental health problems. I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would introduce yourself to them. I pray that they would start to experience a relationship with you where you would start to fill them and transform them from the inside out. Father, I pray for each one of us. You know every single person here. I don't know the depth of any of one's life. You do. I pray you meet with them where they need you to meet with them. I pray you transform in the area that you need to transform, Lord. And I pray you would meet with me in the area I need you to meet me. I pray that you would heal me. I pray that you would forgive me. I pray that you would transform me and help me to be the person that you have called me to be in the environment and the context I'm in. And I pray that for every person here, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, citylandon